Breaking news, the interleague is back. And also breaking news, we had so many trades to the Cardinals where we have so many new players on our team. It's like it's such a different even lineup. We're like much different today than we were yesterday for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure we're about to win the World Series because we got all these new players. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited kind of about how our new lineup's going to look. Man, how about you? <laughs> um, I think you're only talking about the simulation season. Because, um, yeah, my team didn't do anything. <clears throat> your, uh, your team didn't do anything? No, they, they didn't. They watched, they watched other teams that they're competing with get a lot better. Oh, but uh, they I, didn't do anything. I was under the impression that my guy said, like, seven new guys on the team. <clears throat> Is like, your team we, the San Diego like Padres? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's right. My team is not the San Diego Padres. Is your team we, the Toronto Blue Jays yeah. of Buffalo? Yeah, hold on. I'm looking this up again because I think I might have uh, got these uh, numbers wrong. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, we we have no new players either. So. Yeah. Mm. So we're just the same guys going out there. <clears throat> now, now to be fair, to be fair for the Yankees, as they get as they go down the stretch, assuming everyone comes back healthy, I mean, they'll have a whole lot of new players. Yeah, they got a lot. They got a every, lot of new players right now. So. Yeah, given that like everyone and their moms hurt for the Yankees sure. again, um, I think they're sure. trying to see if they can uh, break the record of most players stints on the DL or sorry, the IL that they set last year with 39. I think they're trying to beat that in a 60 game season this year. Yeah. Like where Aaron judge comes back for five innings and then goes back on the IL. Well, I read with him the other day that, uh, he might be on like double recovery time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're just doing like what the Dodgers do. There's like, Hey, Oh yeah. That guy's hurt. And it really just gives them like, you know, time off. But they were pretty bad. That well the injuries were bad, not the team was bad. The injuries were bad last year. So Yeah, for the Yankees? Yeah. Yes, to say the least. Um Yeah, it's been uh it's been a rough go of things lately. But yeah, so trade deadline, uh we're official. Uh our teams obviously uh we got no new players, so uh that's fun. Still excited. Still excited. We Our pitchers are throwing more than, like, four innings as of re- recently. So, excited about that. But yeah. Welcome to the show, Spanks. Appreciate it. Talking. Appreciate it. Yeah, Great episode, uh, yeah, episode, what, 17? 17? Yeah, I think. 17. I still haven't come up with a solid intro. Maybe... Maybe we should come up with a repeatable intro. Meh. And well, no, I like I like the free flow of it, but like the maybe like the first part of it, like like almost like our mission statement, like what we're about. That way, if we ever do get music, we already have something like cool going on. You know, like other shows have waking up with Spags and Chris. Well, this would be like going to sleep with Spags and Chris, <laughs> which is also really weird just in general. So, but that's yeah. where we just went. So it's fair. All right, cool. Back so into I'm, the baseball I'm sure, show. I'm sure it's a long list of people that want to be able to utter the phrase, I slept with Chris and Spags. True. So. If you're listening to this show, you're probably <laughs> one of them. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we're uh, 
we're almost old enough to, uh, what, vote? I guess that's really like the only thing, the only cool thing you get at 18 now. Yeah, you don't even get cigarettes you anymore. You can't buy yeah. tobacco anymore. Yeah. In our in our neck of the woods, at least. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm 35 and I don't buy tobacco, so I'm, that's fair. Uh, I don't really care if 18 year olds can or can't. It's their their lives. Let them ruin them. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you pick and choose your fight, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they can do what they want, man. I guess we can get porn at 18. I guess that's perfect. <laughs> Man, you get in. You can get into the. You can get into the strip clubs now, dude. This is the internet. The only reason why this show hasn't blown up yet is because there's porn. That's, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. You can get porn as soon as you have an iPad, which is like seven now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's they get. It's way before the list of podcasts. Let me find new podcasts. You know, right? Like, well, I wonder what new porn sites are out. Literally yeah. all of them. Yeah. Literally all Not, of them. I wonder what cool new baseball podcast would be out featuring two pretty cool guys that, you know, have some, you know, good things to say about their baseball teams and baseball around. Nope. Nobody's Googling that, you know? No, but yeah, I think did, I'm going to watch 18 hours of new porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So <Today. laughs> we're now, <laughs> our podcast is really digressing. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh well, whatever. Um, hey, we started earlier though. It'll be noted. It'll be noted that we started earlier. Yeah, so we started earlier specifically so we could in, inadvertently talk about porn, I guess. Um, but anyway, so like usual, I guess our our first thing will be our baseball reference. What could have been 2020 season? Um, it's definitely been far more enjoyable to talk about that than to talk about what's actually going on in baseball <laughs> lately because um, both of our teams have been struggling for a little bit now um, but in the simulation season uh, Cardinals played six games since the last time we looked at an update uh, three at Cincinnati three against Pittsburgh uh, the Cardinals swept both of those series um, to move to 85 and 51 on the year and they are just mollywhopping everybody in the NL Central. Uh, 16 games up over the Brewers, who were in second. Um, those lovable Cubbies are 30 and a half games back in fourth place in the NL Central. The, Car- the Cardinals have been mollywhopping the Cubs for a long time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Cardinals technically are tied for second best record in baseball. Um, they're definitely second in the NL behind the Dodgers, who are still continuing to put up their video game-like numbers in this baseball reference. Um, but I think the Indians have the best record in the AL, and they are also 85-51, and 51, so the Cardinals are tied for a second-best record in baseball, which is, you know, something to be proud of. Um, but the Dodgers are 103-36. and 36. So um, I think when I was looking at it earlier... Uh, the Rockies are in the last wild card spot. Um, it's like set to make the playoffs, and they're something like 32 games behind the Dodgers, or something like that. And they're a playoff team. So it, it, it's insane. Um, 103 and 36, absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think they're. I think they basically like clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, 
Well, I mean, they're twenty six and ten in real life. Yeah, and that that's the whole uh, thing. It's like it's not it's not that far fetched. I guess. I mean, like they have the best record in baseball. Uh, and they're and, not even and playing the life. same teams like consistently that this simulation has them playing. Now, so like now they've added in more teams in that mix. Yeah, then there's beating up on everybody. Or less teams, I guess. Works probably works out better for them, but either way, yeah, more see. teams in there. They're still headed, headed in the same direction. I don't know if it shows the win percentage. Yeah, it does. All right. So 103 and 36, their win percentage is 741. Um, in real life, the Dodgers' win percentage is 722. Yeah. So slightly worse yeah, so in, in real not life. Far enough. Yeah. yeah. So as, as, yeah. as dumb as 103 and 36 sounds, um, they're playing that kind of baseball in real life as well, uh, which is ridiculous. And that's how the Cardinals are doing, too. Like, just slightly worse than the simulation update, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have... Yeah. the In real life, the Padres are 21-15, and 15, which is the second-best record in the National League. Um, I, I guess they're they're right there with the Cubs. The Cubs are 20-14. and 14, San Diego's 21-15. and 15, So, if the Cubs, with their two games in hand, go 1-1, and one, they would have the same record. Uh, another pass ball by Gary Sanchez. Um, best catcher in baseball not defensively and they talk about his offense but I haven't seen much of that this year either <laughs> he had a, a key pinch hit grand slam yesterday but you know whatever Yankees offense yeah, then, is sucking a fat one but then if you've been a catcher for like five minutes you'd have been able to catch the ball that he just let go yeah it, it's just bad um, but yeah so the Padres are 21 and 15 so right there on the, on the pretty much the top um, in the NL, and they're five games back. I and really, it's like they're close to being like the the second best record in baseball. Um, I guess I would go to Oakland at twenty two and twelve, um, and then um, Tampa Bay is twenty four and eleven. So those two are right there. I guess Tampa Bay is one, Oakland's two, um, in the AL. But then you would have San Diego and Chicago. So they're a top five team in the majors. And they're five games back in the division. So, like, it's like I I don't know. Like the the Reds and the Mets are, you know, four or five games below five hundred, and they're mm-hmm. also only five games back in their division. Yeah. <laughs> so, crazy. So it it just unlucky. Uh, Dodgers are are having <laughs> themselves a year, um, but. They've been good in the regular season for the last couple of years. We'll see if they can uh, get it done in the postseason, I guess. Yeah, my money's always on knowing that one. Yeah. Um, the Yankees also had a, a, a good stretch. Uh, they went 4-1, and one, uh, so they're at 83-53. and 53. Um, Also first place in the AL East in the simulation. Um, they're 12 games up on Tampa Bay. Uh, they went 2-0 and versus Baltimore and then took two out of three from Cleveland. Um, they're third in the AL though. Um, Cleveland's 85 and 51. Oakland's 84 and 52. And then the Yankees are 83 and 53. So one game separating each of those teams. So they're definitely, uh, it'll definitely be a, a sprint for um, seeding for the playoffs. But all three teams are sitting pretty comfortable in their division. Um, what I think when I was looking at it earlier, it's. <clears throat> You're, you're pretty much looking at, in the simulated season, you have 
the Yankees, Indians, and A's, which pretty much have their divisions locked up pretty comfortably. The Indians are the closest at six and a half uh, over the Twins, um, but the Twins are also leading the wild card. And then um, the Angels and Houston are like fighting for the second wild card. Um, so you're looking at like it's probably a race between like six teams to fill those spots. I guess Seattle's kind of on the outside looking in. They're like two and a half back of the Astros. So really like seven teams fighting for the five playoff spots. Um, but in the national league, um, it's not quite as interesting in my opinion. Um, Cardinals and Dodgers are running away with their division. Um, the nationals are five and a half up on the Braves. Um, but the Braves have like an eight game lead in the wild card. So both those teams are pretty safe. Um, so really it's like the Rockies and the Brewers fighting for one playoff spot. And then you have like a couple teams kind of trying to chase them down that are like three, four or five games back. Uh, the Reds, Padres, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Mets are all kind of in that mix. Um, but they would have to get pretty hot over the last month of the season to close the gap. But playoff pictures start to kind of shape up. Um, yeah. I wonder when the last time in the NL Central a team has just ran away with it. You know, um, it, seems like it, it seems like it's been a pretty long time. My guess would be maybe 2016. I think the Cubs won pretty convincingly the year they won the World Series. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals finished second in the division. By, they finished 17 and a half games behind the Cubs. And the Cardinals won 86 and 76 that year. Cubs won 103 games. So even though that, I mean, yeah, I guess 2016, not super long time ago, but I mean. No, yeah, and it, I definitely don't think it's been anything really since then. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah, there was, so the like to give you in comparison, so Pittsburgh finished fourth in the NL Central in 2017. And they were fewer games back than the Cardinals were in 2016, who finished second. Um, and then I think 2018 and 2019, they were both pretty close. Yeah, one game in 2018. And I think so the Cardinals won by a handful and a of games and... last year. Yeah. yeah, two. Two games over Milwaukee last year that they won the division. But... Could you imagine being like Detroit, you know, finishing 53 games out of the division last year? That's just um, crazy. That's just crazy. Like yeah, because you, you basically like, didn't uh, watch relevant I baseball rooted, after the All Star break. Yeah, I rooted for the St. Louis Rams for a pretty long time, so I definitely understand that feeling. Yeah, but at least, at least when it comes to football, it's like. 16 weeks, 17 weeks. <laughs> and it's over. And it's done. And, the and really, yeah, and really, like, it's not, it's really not over, over until probably, like, halfway through the season that you're like, oh, okay, we're 1-7, and seven, we're 0-8, oh you know, whatever. We really don't have a chance of making the playoffs now. Like, you know, when you, if you get out to, like, a 3-5, and 4-4 and four type start, like, you, you're definitely still in the playoff picture in baseball. Um, are in, in football. But 
So halfway through the season, same, same, like halfway through the baseball season, you, you kind of know what you're looking at in terms of a playoff picture. So the second half of the season, they didn't really like Tigers fans really weren't watching meaningful baseball. Um, it was just how bad is this going to get? But you know, it's, that's still the course of like three months and another 80 games that they're playing every day. There's like, this really doesn't matter. Like at least for like to be a Rams fan, like you just had to dedicate like three hours of your time once a week for another eight weeks. You know, so it's like two months, but only eight games. Yeah, you know, like if you're a diehard baseball fan, like you're dedicating three hours, you know, every day of the week to watch non-meaningful baseball. That would just be terrible. Yeah, but at that point in time, uh, you just, you know, start keeping up with games on your phone. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's a point. That's there's fair. a point in time where you just don't turn on the game anymore. And maybe like you're like, all right, look at us. We're doing good. But more than likely, you've done that a couple times, and they've lost when you turn it on. They ended up losing that game, so you probably you're probably stopped doing that too. So it all sucks, bags. If your team's losing, life sucks sometimes. I I I understand baseball. I understand. Yeah, like my team is nineteen and thirteen. Like the Yankees are pretty comfortably into a playoff position, in my opinion. They they may not win the division, but they're going to be playing postseason baseball more than likely. They're six games above 500. Yeah, like they're they're in a pretty good spot. We're you know we're already over the halfway point for the season. So take a, a really bad showing in September with a relatively favorable schedule um, for this to really go south. But they're playing like crap. In my eyes like it's hard for me to sit down and watch them play right now. Like. They were being no hit. Now, granted, they're facing Tyler Glass now, who's a good pitcher in Tampa Bay. But, like, I only can watch them lose to the Rays so many times. And I feel like six was my limit. (laughs) So, I I really didn't want to watch tonight. You know, like, this is the eighth game against Tampa Bay. And assuming they don't have some ridiculous comeback like they did against the Mets, you're looking at a situation where you're going to be one and seven against Tampa Bay so far this year with two yeah, games rough. left to go. Um, yeah. Like I, I just hope that someone knocks them out, but I, I really just don't know who it's going to be. I mean, like they have Snell glass now Morton, like they're, they're prime pretty like to be pretty successful in a three game series. And the Yankees really aren't. I mean, I cap had a, an amazing start his last time out, but now Garrett Cole can't pitch. So <laughs> who who knows, man? Like I I just I have this weird inkling in like the pit of my stomach that they're just gonna get knocked out in that first round, like in three games. They're just gonna lose a series two to one against some some rando team that they're gonna get faced up with. No, my luck it'll probably be Houston or something. Um. I, I don't yeah. even I don't even really know who would who they would be paired up with. I I would assume that like how they'll seed it is just like one v eight, two v seven kind of thing. So you go ahead and say what you're gonna say. I'm gonna look up and try to figure out who our who our teams would currently be playing in the postseason if it works that way. I was say I've seen a handful of uh, subreddit or postings on the baseball subreddit for like if the season ended today, these are the uh, standings. Yeah, it looks like 
So if it is like one verse eight, two verse seven, three verse six, four verse five, the Yankees would be playing the Indians um, in the opening round, which I would not be excited about. At least, at least Clevenger is no longer an Indian because yeah. that that was the team that scared me a lot when they had Bieber, Clevenger, and Zach Plesac, and those being like who they're gonna throw. Um, now this, uh, I forget, I want to say his name's like, uh, something McKenzie, Ian McKenzie or something like that. I think he pitched the first game against the Cardinals. Um, he looked pretty good in that start. Um, so they definitely have depth still, but, uh, yeah, Cleveland's just a good team. Not excited about playing them. I wouldn't be excited about playing the White Sox or Minnesota either, and I feel like that's where, that's kind of the the plethora of team they're looking at playing. Um, yeah, the the AL playoffs are going to stack up. It's, I think it's going to be just a little harder to make it through the AL uh, lineup than it will be for the NL lineup. There's just, I mean. Really, you would think the Dodgers and the Padres are going to pretty much clean up whoever they play, uh, especially with uh, 16 teams getting in. Like, uh, Yeah, because at, at this point, the Cardinals would be the number six team. So they're, the way I've been doing it is like you see the division winners, one, two, and three based on record. Then you see the second place teams, four, five, and six based on record. And then the, the two other teams – like the wild cards get seated seventh and eighth based on record. So the Cardinals being in second place, even though they're, you know, a game below 500 and technically have the worst record out of any team in the, in a postseason spot currently, they would be the number six team, which I think is super beneficial. Um, if it were to end today, they would play Atlanta. Whereas if they were the number eight seed, they'd be playing the Dodgers. <laughs> so, so I think it, it's definitely beneficial for for the Cardinals if it were to work out that way. We got the Dodgers number in the playoffs. And the Cardinals Atlanta. have done pretty well against Atlanta. So yeah. and and that's what I'm saying. so I guess like the the aspect for me is like you just kinda have to get there. The Cardinals have proven that, you know, more than once in the last, you know, fifteen years. Um, that you just have to get in. Um, you've seen a handful of teams do it. Um, I feel like that's how it was when the Royals won the World Series. Um, the White Sox won a World Series. Not too, you know, what, that was 05 as a wild card. The Red Sox yeah. has won a couple World Series as a wild card. Um, yeah, it, so it's been done. Um, you just kind of got to get there, and then you play the games. Um, look at the Nationals. Like, they just found a way to get in, and then they went on their tenure last year, won it all. Um, so that's step one, I guess, is just get into a playoff spot and then figure it out from there. Um, but it doesn't look promising for my guys. Like I, I just have this, this feeling in the pit of my stomach. I guess it comes along with being a Yankees fan that I gets like a world series or bust every year for us. Um, I just feel like they're severely underperforming. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, Maybe if they just stop playing the Rays. Once they stop playing the Rays, we'll be good. Yeah, we we have t- tonight, and then two more games, and then we're done for the year. Yeah, so we'll be back to winning games pretty soon. You know? Um, yeah, I I hope that's the case. Like I said, like I, 
I know I've talked about it a lot. I think it'll be the the biggest aspect um, of the the season moving forward for them. Um, and it's that their September schedule is extremely easy, or at least in my opinion, it's, it was relatively favorable before the season started. I think it was relatively favorable prior to what happened today, or I guess over the course of like the last few days with the Blue Jays. Um, so, because the Yankees still have all 10 games against Toronto left, and Toronto just added Taiwan Walker, um, Robbie Ray, and Ross Stripling. So they've like added a Pretty decent amount to... of a new rotation, and that was their yeah, big weakness. Yeah, they looked weakness. at Tampa Bay like they looked at Tampa Bay like, oh, we got ten games coming up against the Yankees. Yeah, we need starting pitching. Cool. Get out. Stay fair. It will. It will. Luke Voigt, baby, number thirteen. If they somehow come back and win this game, I swear to fucking god, dude. Look at him running, man. He just. I was like, I'm so, I'm so big. I'm so big. Is he limping? I don't know. Probably everyone's hurt on the Yankees. If you yeah, wear if you wear pinstripes, you should be in the hospital. True. Oh, he's limping hard, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just says like that's just a swag limp. Yeah, he's just like I hit oh, ball far. I don't know. Look at his ankle when he. Oh, I don't know. His face didn't do anything. Maybe he's all right. Whatever. Uh, he's Luke Voigt. He'll wrap it up. He'll be all right. Yeah, 13 home runs on the year now. I'll take it. Thanks, St. Louis. You know, at least uh, at least Cabrera's working out for you guys. Isn't that who you guys got in that deal? I know Chase and Shreve went over, and he got DFA'd. Oh, uh, no, Gallegos. Was it, was it Gallegos? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Genesis Cabrera or Gallegos that went over. Yeah, Gallegos, yeah. He, yeah, and both, I like both have, yeah, both have been good. So yeah, yeah. Cabrera's had a couple rough spots, but I, I mean they keep throwing him out there, which is kind of like okay, here we go again. But at the same time, like I, a young guy, like he's gonna have to see some some batters at some point in time. So um, he's doing well for you know how much he's been used in the positions they've been using him in, especially with the starters only have been pitching like three, four innings. Uh, and then the bullpen going to work, so kind of have to throw somebody out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, because I know we talked about the Rays have been beating up on the Yankees. Uh, it's 5-3 to three now. It was 5 nothing. They scored in the seventh, and then they put up two here in the eighth. Still nobody out after Voight's two-run home run. Uh, so maybe they can they can get some, some miracle coming back. Um, I think it just goes to show that, like, I think how impactful – double headers actually are with them only being seven innings um, that you see this very often, like this middle relief type aspect. And when you get to a point where you're only playing seven innings, really that's the aspect of a game that you remove. Um, So like the Yankees played uh, seven games last week, even though they only played on what four days, they had three double headers last week. Um, Atlanta, they were supposed to play Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday got rained out, so they played a doubleheader on Wednesday. And that happening, I think, made a significant difference in that. Um, so they, the offense definitely didn't show up. Granted, everyone and their moms hurt, like I said. But you had uh, Ian Anderson, who's like the top pitching prospect, make his major league debut for Atlanta. Uh, looked really good. Six innings. I think he only let up one hit. Um, and Garrett Cole... 
that's what Garrett Cole does best, and that's give up home runs, because that's like the only way teams score off of him. He just gives up an ongodly amount of home runs. Um, <laughs> that's weird, too. Only, only Ross Stripling's given up more home runs than him, than him this year. Oh, Ford got robbed, hit right at him. Damn. Um, <clears throat> unlucky. But, yeah, so, so Anderson, top prospect. Rookie pitchers, you know, that are highly touted. Ten to have success, I think, at the major level pretty early on. Um, just when there's, like, no tape on them, no one's really seen them, I think the advantage to that goes to the pitcher. Like, if you haven't seen his wind-up, you haven't seen his movement, um, it's, you know, obviously more often than not, the pitcher is successful in baseball than the other way around. Um, it's very rare that you see, a, like, a team have more hits than outs. Like, a team never bats, like, 500 in a game. Um so I think the advantage for being unknown favors the pitcher. So Anderson pitched really great, six innings, and then they went to their to uh, a bullpen arm for one inning in a game that they were up, you know, five to one. Um, in the second game, they had Max Fried pitch. He also went six innings, and then they handed it over to, to Mark Melanson, their closer, and the Yankees lost two to one. So. Not a ton of offense. They only scored two runs and had seven hits in the two games combined. But in that second game, in a situation where the Yankees have a pretty high-powered offense, um, it didn't show up for six innings. But normally there would be that two innings of middle relief where, like, your setup guys got to kind of come in and stem the tide, and a home run just gets you back in the game. You know, like, or a walk and a home run, and the Yankees are now in the lead kind of thing. Um, so when you remove those two innings, it I think it significantly changes the makeup. Um, with that being said, like I'm, it it helps the Yankees in that same regard. Um, like if you get to avoid the weak arms in your bullpen, but I would rather them play. Like baseball is a nine inning game. I'd rather them play nine innings. But whatever, I can I can deal with it for a season. All I know is that this is better go away. Like I I don't care if they schedule doubleheaders next year. They just better be nine innings. It's my whole thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can, without a COVID year anyway, play seven inning games for any reason, um, <clears throat> unless they're just like, oh, we found a way to slow down or to speed up a game, taking two innings away. Right. Seven yeah, it's innings. just baseball seven innings now. Yeah, it's just a matter of. Uh... Yeah, like I feel like it, it significantly changes the rules of the game. Um, so it's like, like if if the like if Atlanta if that game doesn't get rained out in Atlanta on Tuesday, and they play two nine inning games, I think the Yankees have a better chance of beating Atlanta in those games than what they did given the pitching matchups. Um, you know, so it's not the like it, like I I guess for me like if it were if it were gonna be like even in this year. I can deal with it, but I feel like the doubleheaders that are seven innings should have been reserved for strictly COVID-related reasons. That, like, if a game gets rained out or postponed due to weather, um, or, like, all of the stuff going around with, like, teams opting to, like, you know, mutually agreeing to not play, so doubleheaders were scheduled to make up those games, you know, in light of support of all the stuff that's going on, you know, just around the country, which, which I'm for, you know, whatever. Um, but at the same time, like, you opted to do that, but now now you guys are only going to play seven inning games because you chose not to play a night. Like, I would rather have been like, hey, like if games are postponed due to COVID, 
will play seven innings. But for any other reason, they're going to be nine inning doubleheaders. You know, something along those lines. But like I said, as, as long as it goes back to normal for 2021, I'm, I'm not going to be too high on it. I just think it significantly changes the game. Um, the, yeah, I, mean, the, I mean, it's got to. Like, you not having to throw pitchers out there that you don't need to. And some pitchers not being able to, like, pitch as much. Like, Adam Wainwright has had a pretty decent uh, inning limit up to here, but um, he's been cut shorter um, than he normally has. Jack Flaherty should be a little bit fresher than he is. Like, the Cardinals have just consistently been able to not use their starters, use a couple guys, and then close it out. So, Right, I um, mean, and you and you have guys. I think the Cardinals have. Um, I think Michaelis being hurt changes it a little bit. Um, but they had guys that notoriously went pretty deep in games, like Flaherty, Wayno, you know, has, has always kind of been a six, seven-inning workhorse. Now, obviously, he's had games where he's gotten hit around a bit or he's had a high pitch count. He doesn't go that deep. But for the most part, like, you have, like, that he's he's gone. Like, he's going to be a, a quality start-esque pitcher, you know, getting you those six innings. And, like, when you're in a situation where you're um, – you only have to go seven – having guys that can go six or seven innings, like you could pitch a double header and not get into your bullpen at all. Like if Flaherty and Wainwright are going in both those games, you could not have your, like you could not use your bullpen at all, all day, potentially, you know? So, um, and there, there aren't a ton of teams that have that capability on a regular basis. Like obviously every major league starter has the capability of just putting it all together for a day and pitching six or seven strong innings. But in terms of it being like a guy that just, you know, every fifth day he's going to go out there and get you six or seven innings. There's maybe only, you know, 20, 30 guys that are that are going to do that at a successful level every start when they go out. Um, so it'll be it'll it, it just like I say, it just changes the dynamic completely. Um, the same, you know, same aspect with um, runners starting on second base in the extra innings. Like it just, it's a, it's a whole another thing, and I get they're trying to limit playing a ton of games. Like you don't want to have a 15 inning extra innings game in the first game of a doubleheader, and then have to play again later that night. Like it just isn't ideal. So they're doing things to try to minimize that because you can't, like there aren't as many days to play around with. So I get it. Um, you know, with that being said, like. With the New York series, the Yankees, you know, had that series postponed, I guess, what? It was not this past weekend, but the weekend before that because the Mets were dealing with COVID stuff. So they had two doubleheaders over the weekend. And then after this Tampa Bay series, they were supposed to have an off day that got scheduled for a game against the Mets again for their last makeup game. Um, But again, like, and so on Friday, the Mets swept the doubleheader, and it was a situation where it being short like seven innings made a difference like um the Mets were up by like two um Yankees were up early the bullpen blew the game um so it was like six to four going into the late innings and the Mets bullpen is pretty bad and then in game two of that doubleheader they hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the seventh because they were the the home team at Yankee Stadium so the Mets walked off on that game whereas with two innings left to play down by one, the Yankees still have a shot at coming back. Um, but then on um, Sunday, the doubleheader, it basically went the complete opposite. Like, the Yankees came back, 
scored five runs with two outs in the bottom of the seventh of game one and then won in extra innings. And then uh, Gary Sanchez hit the pinch hit grand slam in the eighth inning and extra innings to win that game. Um, so game two, it's not as prevalent. Obviously being up by four in the eighth feels, you, you know, you feel pretty comfortable with that lead for most teams. Um, but game one, I mean, they they tied it up, took the lead in the eighth. So, like, the Mets still would have had a chance to come back as well. So, it was beneficial, but at the same time, like, you're... Like, I, I, I feel like just in every situation, the team that kind of gets, like... Like, the seven inning games tend to be relatively close. And if a team was on, on a comeback or a team has, like, a weaker bullpen or whatever the case may be, they just lose out on two innings and six outs can go a long way in baseball. I mean, hell, the... The Braves put up 10 runs in the second inning yesterday against the Phillies, and the Phillies almost came back and won. I said the Yankees would have lost yesterday. Uh, or uh, the Grant, uh, what is it? Night? Well, the, the games yeah. the, the games would have continued to be played, but the, Yan- the Yankees would have, like, they had the lead after eight innings in both games yesterday. But the Mets should have had three more outs, in my opinion, to try to come back. And in yeah. both of those games, well, not both. In the first game, it was only a one-run deficit, which isn't, you know, isn't all that secure, especially at Yankee Stadium. Um, and then in the other game, it was, you know, it, a grand slam, but a runner started on second. So even if you call it like four to one instead of five to one, the Mets did score a run in the bottom of the eighth. But again, that was the runner that started on second. So it was like a, it would have been a three-run lead going into the ninth if you view it that way. Um, so I like their chances and there's no saying that the Yankees would have come back, you know, against Atlanta or the Mets on the, with the Friday doubleheader where they lost, you know, all four games and in, in those two doubleheaders, but it, it takes away from it. Like, but every, every out in baseball counts. Right. And, yeah. and the Cardinals are going to be dealing with it in a pretty significant right. manner because oh they have, God. they have like 950 doubleheaders in September. Yeah. We still have so many doubleheaders left. So yeah. So, many. I, and we have like two stretches where we play one team five times. Yeah, and that and that's like, like basically games, yeah, so. basically what the well, that's what the the Yankees just did with the Mets. They played them five times in three days. You know, so they had doubleheader on Friday and Sunday. And I know the Cardinals have a couple that are like that. Like um, they uh, they've already had that once against the Cubs. Um, after the series against Cincinnati, they play five games in four days against the Cubs. Right out of that, they have back-to-back doubleheaders, two against the Twins, you know, a doubleheader against the Twins on Tuesday, then a doubleheader against the Tigers on Thursday. Um, but then they play the Brewers five times in three days, the Pirates five times in four days, and then the Brewers five times in four days. Yeah. Like, it, it's just a lot. It's like, with nothing else happening, it's one, two, three, four, five, six doubleheaders that the Cardinals have. Seven doubleheaders, sorry. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven doubleheaders in between September 1st and really between September 5th and September 25th. So in 21 days, they play seven doubleheaders. Yeah, and the Cardinals are comfortable going to their bullpen. Their problem is, like, they need to see some bullpen from some of these other teams' pitchers to be able to, like, hit sometimes. So uh, right. us not being able to see that is not going to be good. But uh, we also play – some of those teams we play, regardless, we just got swept by the Pirates, but um, we should be winning some of these games. 
Um, right, and I so. and I really think that it's. But we should have some game won more games last week, like we talked about. Uh, you know, we sh- should have won a lot more games, and we just never could string together wins. Yeah, and and really for the the Cardinals, it it likely could have been worse. I know, um, if you tuned in last week, we were saying that like with with the Kansas City series, those three against Kansas City, the doubleheader against Pittsburgh, three games against Cleveland, and then the game tonight against Cincinnati. Um, realistically for the Cardinals to really be in a good spot, try, like assuming they're trying to reel in Chicago and put themselves in a, in a chance to compete for the division, we're saying that they probably need to go like six and three um, or better in those games. Um, and they ended up going four and five. Um, and a big part of that was getting swept by Pittsburgh in that doubleheader. Um, other than that, they did exactly what we would have anticipated them doing. They took two out of three from Kansas City. Um, took, you know, they lost two out of three to the Indians, which the Indians are a really good team. Yeah, um, but we weren't even in one of those games. One of them, the game was well, over as soon as it started. Right, and right. so and so that that's my whole thing. So even so, in the Kansas City series, I guess starting there where they play first, like they they won the first game pretty comfortably. I'm pretty sure. Like I think it was. You know, just kind of start to finish, they won. Uh, it was like the nine to three win. Um, then they lost a close game. They lost five to four. Um, in a game that, if I got, I haven't wanted to look at to remember exactly what happened, but I'm pretty sure the Cardinals likely should have won that game. I think they were up and they blew the lead late. Um, and then it was a situation where, in the last game of the series the Cardinals bullpen gave up a couple runs late. So it was like 2-2 going into the eighth, and the Royals scored one in the eighth, two in the ninth, and then the bullpen fell apart for Kansas City, and they ended up losing, gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth, and Cardinals ended up winning. Now it was like Wong's walk-off walk. Um, yeah. That the Cardinals came back. So, so really, like, put aside, like, the you know, what, what happened in, in the middle games. Like if you say like, okay, that's how it was, but it took like a, a pretty big comeback, you know, like a four run inning to come back and win the game definitely doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah. So it, it was way less when you walk in winning runs. As well. Right. And, yeah. and so it was, so the Cardinals were up four too early and then the, the Royals was kind of chipped away. They scored a run in the fifth, sixth and the eighth to win five, four. So I guess it, it wasn't as bad as, as what I thought it was. So realistically, with how the games played out, you probably should have seen the Cardinals lose two out of three to Kansas City. And a big part, a big portion of that was like the offense just wasn't doing anything. And then that's really why they got swept by the Pirates. So um, they got shut out in one of the games. And then they, I think they only had, yeah, like they had seven hits in the first game, but they only put up uh, three runs. But two of those were in the eighth inning. So one of the runs that scored was the guy that started on second. Um, so in a seven, like in in regulation, I guess if that's what we want to call it, like non extra innings, um, the Cardinals only put up one run against a really bad Pirates team. Yeah, and you like and that they just, just got no hit. The I mean the Pirates have just got no hit. So yeah, I, it it just like you're you you can't you're not gonna you can't have that happen, and then you know expect to compete for the division. So I so said it's like they only mustered one one run in the first seven innings, then they scored two runs, but then in the second game they only 
uh, they only mustered five hits and didn't score any runs. Um, like I want to say, and I think, yeah, like they and like three of their hits were for extra bases. They just couldn't drive anyone in. Yep. So it was like five different guys all had a hit. Um, wasn't a whole lot of strikeouts. They just were not. No one was driving anybody in. Um, you know, nothing fancy. They just didn't didn't do anything. Couldn't get the job done on the offensive side. So Cardinals got swept by the Pirates. Um, I I think losing. Yeah, and I think losing two out of three to Cleveland is expected. Um, I would agree. The downside is you didn't face any of Cleveland's top pitchers, like Bieber, Clevenger, Plesak. Like, none of those guys pitched. Um, and it's like they had the the young kid go, I think, on Friday. Well, let me see. Who was this that pitched? Um, oh, Tristan McKenzie. That's his name. Yeah, like that. He started, only went four innings. Uh, Cardinals. That's who they scored their two runs off of. But it was mainly that like, no one pitched well to start the game really. Like for for the Cardinals, uh, Ponce de Leon didn't get out of the first. Uh, Woodford pitched pretty well for his three innings, but he he did let up a couple runs. And then when they brought in um, Junior Fernandez, like. That's when the game really got opened up. He pitched one inning and he gave up six <laughs> runs. Um, yeah, Junior Fernandez was regretting being yeah. called in the game. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so at that point, like they just were. I mean, it, and it was it was six nothing when you know when the Cardinals scored their their two runs. So it's like uh, Ponce de Leon and Woodford both got hit in their first innings pitched. Uh, Woodford settled down for a little bit and then they went back to the bullpen and they gave up eight more runs in three innings and it was a 14 to two blowout. Then he put up like 20 hits. It was a shellacking for sure. Um, but the second game, um, the Indians had Carlos Carrasco pitch who it is a decent pitcher. Um, definitely not one of their, their big arms is not as good as it used to be. But again, it was a situation where like the offense just didn't do anything like the yep. pitching was great. Um, you held an Indians team that just put up, 14 runs on 20 hits and you held them to one run through 11 innings. Um, and they, like they, they scored in the, in the 12th. Um, they won the game two to one Indians only got five hits, but the Cardinals only put up four and really you lost in a situation where like, so Molina started the 12th on second base, a wild pitch by hand moved him to third with no outs and you didn't score him. So, like, in a game where, like, you just need to score that runner from third with no outs to continue the game, it didn't happen. And I think a big part of that is on Molina's shoulders because um, Carpenter, I think it was Carpenter, just hit, like, the, the ground ball down the first baseline. Umpire immediately called it a fair ball, and Molina just stood in no man's land and, like, held his hands up like, oh, wasn't that a foul ball? Instead of trying to do, you know, anything. Yeah, so trying to just score it, like let the let the uh, make the call. Like you should have been running without him making the call. Right. Like if it's foul, they'll tell you to go back to third. Yeah. 
you know, by you standing there doesn't do anything but put you at risk of that happening. Obviously, Molina got thrown out as well, so weird double play, and that ended the game. Indians win. And then, you know, Adam Wainwright does what he does best, and he puts the team on his back, and he throws a complete game on Sunday. Um, granted, the offense showed up a little bit. Um, you know, Cardinals were able to put up seven runs yesterday. I think they put up seven runs again tonight against the Reds. Um, but again, I think they were facing uh, kind of the, the back end. Um, I forget. I think it was like a kind of a no-name, yeah, uh, Savale or Savelli. I don't know how he pronounced his name, but... Um, yeah, he's, he's got okay stats, three and four uh, through seven starts, 3.7 ERA. So he's he's all right. He's not he's not terrible, but he's not. But the Cardinals should be able to beat all right. Yeah, you know? like that. That's like so they they put up five runs against him, and then they scored some runs off the bullpen. And again, like Wayno pitched great. Um, they jumped on him early. Like really, the the Cardinals did what they do best, and they took advantage of some walks early in the game. Um, put up a four spot in the second inning. Um, and that was a, a bounce back inning after Wainwright had just given up two runs in the second. Um, they came back and then they added another in the third. Um, and then like Wainwright just kind of settled in. I mean, he only gave up four hits, but he did throw 120 pitches. I don't know how often you're going to get that from, from Wayno. Um, but he, he looked good and he did what he needed to do and gave the bullpen, um, some needed days off because they had been struggling. They a lot of them pitched on on Friday and got hit around. Um, a handful of them pitched on Saturday uh, because of the extra inning game. Um, so your your bullpen had been taxed, and Wayno did what he needed to do. Yeah, you'd have to feel like that's a that was a conversation after every inning he pitched, and he just probably looked at shit and was like, "I'm good." Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. I'll, I'll tell you if I'm bad, but I'm gonna go ahead and yep. Cool. I know, I know. I'm at 100 pitches. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, um, and it, it was his birthday, so he's just you know getting it done. Um, and we'll see how his body recovers from it. But yeah, that that'll be the thing that's like <laughs> interesting to me. It's if like, the only pitch is two innings next time out. It right. probably wasn't or, worth it. Or if he gets yeah. like absolutely just crushed, like if yeah. he just isn't sharp. And you think that that's the reason why, or like if they have to push a start back or something along those lines. Cause I said like they, the Cardinals have a ton of baseball coming up. Um, so like you're, you kind of, you're going to need Wainwright to go really every fifth day. Um, and in, in the normal rotation, he would be what? So this would be, to, he pitched Sunday. So tonight would have been one game, two, three, Four, so he would be expected to pitch on Saturday, most likely, and one of the and one of the doubleheaders, um, and I think that would be on more than normal rest. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that would be on five days rest um, if he pitched every fifth game. But so then from there he would pitch again. One, two, three, four, and the doubleheader against the Tigers, which would be on four days rest. One, two, three, four. And then he would pitch in the first doubleheader against the Brewers, which would be on three days rest if he pitches every fifth game. So you're you're going to be at a point where that really it really doesn't work out. Like he, you're going to have to have other guys come in and start games, so you have to get solid starts out of these other guys. Um, like Ponce de Leon hasn't been sharp his last couple times out. Um, Hudson, you know, kept it together today. 
um, but he's been kind of hit or miss. Um, Flaherty, obviously, is going to be good. Kim's been good so far. Um, so you have a handful of guys. But like, you're going to have to look at probably going to like a six or seven man rotation. And I, I don't know where they're going to get that depth from because a lot of those guys haven't necessarily been performing at a high level. And then if you're going to go with like, oh, okay, we'll just go with like a bullpen start. You know, like the bullpen's been pretty taxed. The bullpen really hasn't been performing all that great. And now you're also putting a ton of pressure on guys like Wayno and Flaherty to go deep in all of those games because you need them to eat innings. So that's why like, I think that the Cardinals, knowing what their schedule looked like and knowing that, like, hey, like, we have a pretty good shot of making the playoffs because the NL Central isn't very competitive. Gardner strikes out again. Awesome. Good job. Hey, at least he shook his head when he struck out there. Yeah, because he swung and he's like, I <laughs> suck. I'm so terrible. Uh, but it's all right. tying, tying runs at the plate. We'll just get LeMahieu, get a base hit here, his third hit of the game. And then we'll have Luke Voigt jack a three-run walk-off. Call it a night. That's Luke what I'm, that's what I'm Voigt, hoping he, for. Look, he'd be a great DH in the, in the NL right now. I'm just, you know. Voigt? Yeah. I, Luke Voigt would be a great first baseman for a lot of teams. Obviously, for the Cardinals, he would be your DH because Goldschmidt's like a gold glove first baseman. So, so uh, but you'd be able to, to give Goldie, you know, a spell from the field every once in a while. But I, I think Voigt's a damn good first baseman. Yeah. No, I like Voigt while he was here. He just never got any playing time. Yeah, it, he just, there. it was one of those situations where, like, they just didn't have a spot for him. Dude, why are we... That's the Cardinals part. They're just always like, we got these guys who just don't have spots. For yeah. Them. Yeah. They just but, don't have you, spot for them. but you know who their everyday first baseman was at the point in time that Voigt was up, right? It's Matt Carpenter, man. Yeah, killing it, man. Killing it. <laughs> your pro, your yeah. prototypical first baseman, you know? No, let me, he'll probably, it's like, line out somebody. Oh, he's batting 402 right now. He's about yeah. Home yeah, him, him being out of the lineup was so bad. Like, he's so good at the top of the lineup. When they, when they signed him um, after 2018, I think they signed him. It's like last year's his first year with the Yankees. That was so stoked. It was like it went under the radar. It was such like a quiet Ooh. signing, and it was it was amazing. I was just like, oh, oh, what are you swinging at, dude? Yeah. A, yeah. I'm, I just got to stop watching it. Come Whatever. On. I'll just keep it up. I'll stop paying attention. Um, yeah, so so to get back to the Cardinals, though. So it'll it'll just be interesting. Um, that's why I'm surprised I, that they didn't go after any arms. Um, especially some of the guys that, like, maybe you didn't want to get some of the, the big rental players. Like, I think the, the Padres and Blue Jays definitely gave up quite a bit in some of the deals. Like, especially what the Padres gave up for Clevenger. Um You there? Yeah, Katie just walked in. So. Yeah. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the interleague. Chris says hi. Hi. Um. But yeah, I forgot what I was saying now. Um. Yeah. So so Clevenger, the Clevenger deal. It's like yeah. the Padres gave up like three of their top eleven prospects, 
and then they gave up like three major league roadie players. Now, granted, Clevenger is under team control for two more years, um, so it, it could be a huge impact for them. And they didn't give up like any of like their their top like pitching prospects or anything like that. Um, so it definitely could have been worse, uh, but it it was a, a hefty price to pay. Um, throw it away, Castillo. Nope. Fuck. Lose again. Sons of bitches. Yeah, I was hoping in your game it turned out different, but... No. No. No miracle comeback, like, against the Mets when the Yankees had, like, a .2% chance of winning and they won the game. Um, but, yeah, so... To... Like, and, and the Yankees, I think, are in the same ballpark. Like, we've we've talked not on not on the recording... Um, I always want to say not on stream, but we're not streaming. Um, but no, like they just didn't, like they didn't add any pieces knowing that it's like, Hey, like this is something that we could probably do to add something for this year. Like I think, um, you know, it could have been relatively tough to find teams that are sellers because so many teams are in it. Um, like Trevor Bauer, I think is a piece that I expected to see moved, um, just because he's under a one year deal for Cincinnati and they probably aren't realistically in a situation where they're going to win a world series. Um, and I don't know what good it does to you to be like, Hey, we were one of eight teams that made the playoffs and then we lost in the first round. Um, yeah. or maybe if they feel like they did, if they just get there that with like Sonny Gray and Bauer and like the, the starting pitching that they do have that like, maybe they could get something done. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but to see teams like Arizona, like, Pittsburgh really didn't have anything in terms of being able to deal like Arizona dealing Robbie Ray, uh, Seattle dealing like Taiwan Walker, like though those type of guys, like uh, I think the Dodgers also had gave up stripling who is under team control. Um, so it was like finding those pieces that you're like, Hey, like I'm going to bring this in, especially in a situation with the Cardinals where they have so many games in such a short period of time that you're going to need the extra arms. I think finding like those, long reliever type guys. Like even if they traded for like a uh, D Scalfini who pitched tonight for Cincinnati, like he can be effective out of the bullpen. If you, you know, like, when you do get into the playoffs, but he can give you a couple spot starts. And if he's your number five, number six guy, and you really just use him in matchups with like, Hey, like this is going to be favorable. We're not going to have him face, you know, one of the team's top pitchers. Like we're going to have him go against another team's number five. And hopefully our offense can just get him some runs then we're we're good and we'll just get you know three four innings out of him and it'll be great i think that stuff like that would have been the type of pieces that if the cardinals made those moves they would be in a much different situation than where they're currently at um but i think that the biggest hurdle they're going to have facing them is the number of games that they have and they're 13 and 13 through their first 26 games um i think realistically they're probably going to get 58 in because I don't even think the other two games against the Tigers have been scheduled. Haven't even been scheduled. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where they will fit them on the schedule. I think it's a pretty hard stop that September 27th is the last day for the regular season, in which case the Cardinals have two off days, the you know this coming Thursday the 3rd, and then next Wednesday the 9th are the only two off days that they have. Um, and I guess we can look real quick and see like what – if the Tigers have any open days. Yeah. My assumption is that they don't, 
but the Cardinals are off sep September third, so they're off Thursday. Yeah, and then the ninth. And then the ninth. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the Tigers they do have they are also off on the third. But. But we the, would already, the, we would already right. know if that game's going to If be that played. game, yeah, if those games were being scheduled, we would we would already know. Yeah, it's not like tomorrow they're going to be like, oh, hey, we just realized, we listened to the interleague last night, and we had no clue that <laughs> you both guys teams were, were off in the third. So. Yeah, and I think part of that, too, comes into play with, like, what the travel would look like, because I think the doubleheader that is scheduled is the games that are in St. Louis. So it would be two in Detroit, and the Cardinals are already in Cincinnati and then they go to Chicago. It's like you would put them, they would have to be in Detroit for a, a, like a third city in three days. Like they would be at Cincinnati on Wednesday at Detroit on Thursday at Chicago on Friday. So it'd probably be quite a bit of traveling in a short period of time. And I would assume they'd like to try to avoid that. Um, but what would knows? you like to see them instead of just like being like, Hey, they're only going to play 58 games. Like, okay. So they have to play 58 games regardless. But to get the win or the loss record in the column, what would you like to see the teams have to do other than, like, play baseball? Like, um, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors. I... Uh, MLB The Show tournament. I, th I think that that would be where where I would go. Um, I And I think that, like, for it to be fair, they already had the league while the shutdown was going on. Um, so like, I, I don't know who represented Detroit, but you could just have Carpenter play for the Cardinals. I get he wasn't that good, but that's who you chose to represent you. You yep. already have, you know, like you are, they already are familiar with the game. They have the means to do it. Here you go. You're just going to play two nine. You know, like you can make it a seven inning doubleheader type situation. Here you go. This is how you're going to do it. Um, and, and you go from there. I, I think that that's reasonable. That'd be so legit. Or you just let outside the park simulate those two games. You, you could, um, but I think that, like, having, being able to say that, like, a member of the team had, you know, had the ability, good. yeah, like, had the ability and contributed to the win or the loss um, allows you to have a little bit more merit for it, um, whatever the case may be. <laughs> However... I, I think that as long as they go off of win percentage, as long as, or even if they utilize record, how, however they want to do it, I think that if you aren't going to play all of your games, then you essentially would have to say, like, either a, either a situation of, like, all right, you didn't get to, like, you didn't get to play these games, so we're going to take away two games against Detroit from everybody else's record. And yeah, like, you know, that that's how it's gonna be like it'll be one win, one loss from both. Or like I think like you just make Detroit and St. Louis say, like, hey, you guys both forfeit one of those games, so because we couldn't get it scheduled out. Um, I also could see the argument that, like the games were postponed because of St. Louis, so you make them forfeit both games. Because um, so I said like the AL's definitely a little bit more difficult. But as it stands right now, like Toronto's the last wild card spot at 18 and 15, and the Tigers are 16 and 16, so they're only a game and a half back. So like those two games very well could make a difference for Detroit as well. Um, and if you're the the problem then becomes like if you're comparing 
Detroit and Toronto, well, they don't have any like opponents because the AL Central only played the AL Central and the NL Central, and obviously the AL East only played the AL and the NL East. So you can't say like, all right, well, let's just compare what your what your record was against your division, because in that case, like Detroit has a division that's performing much better, you know, like with the White Sox, Cleveland, and Minnesota. Like they played 30 games against those teams, whereas like Toronto had their like. They, they got Tampa Bay and New York, but they also got to play Baltimore and Boston, who are two of the lower teams in the in the uh, in the AL. So like it, it it just feels bad like that that's the route that's going to go that they aren't going to have some means of saying like here's your record for 60 games, and I think that it should very clear be able to say that like hey, there's one team that was at fault for why these postponements needed to happen. Now because they matter they're just going to be forfeits. Like, I, I, you know, or like if the teams mutually agree to like, you take a win and we take a win and we'll just split that series. Yeah, I got... I'm just trying to place the blame on us for getting COVID. We didn't, <laughs> or or the team should... that we went to the casino. We didn't <laughs> do that. Okay, the manager said we weren't there. I, I'm not... I'm not saying that the Cardinals did anything that they shouldn't have done or that they weren't allowed to do or however you want to word it that resulted in them getting COVID, you know, that players tested positive, the staff tested positive, whatever the case may be. But there's no denying that the reason why the games got postponed were because of positive tests from the Cardinals side of things, not the Tigers. I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying, you know, so like, we, didn't I, we didn't play the game, so, you know, no one told us we were losing then. Right, and that's that's what I think that, that MLB could have done a better job of. Like, in a situation where they're like, hey, like, we're only going to have you play 58 games, so now you've played two less than everybody else. Well, what happens in a scenario that those two games matter? Because, like, there's plenty of times, like, when we just talked about, you know, previous time frames on uh, 2016 um, the only reason why the Cubs were able to beat the Cardinals by a half game is because one of those two teams played one less game it's like one of one of those two teams didn't play 162 games that year I'm pretty sure it was the Cubs but the reason why they didn't is because it was a makeup that didn't matter like it held no no resonance on the standings whatsoever win or lose on either side it didn't matter so if you were able to turn on like the cubs could just been like we'll forfeit like we don't care like all right we only win the division by 17 games we fine whatever do whatever you want so because they didn't play it they don't count it but the it isn't win percentage that they utilize it's still your like how many games back you are like it still utilizes your record and now they're talking about changing that and i i disagree with that wholeheartedly like I, I think that they should just say like, hey, like, we're gonna give the twenty like September twenty eighth is gonna be like a makeup day for any games that are still relevant. So in a situation where like, say the Cardinals and Tigers series isn't relevant to anything, then cool, we aren't gonna play it. But understand that on the twenty eighth you're gonna have other games to to make up. Um, and like even if they push it out like the twenty eighth and the twenty ninth, like if you can get it's like you would be able to make up four games essentially in that time frame, you know, or whatever the case may be. Like you can even like they, they, there's just tons of options 
And I feel like they were like, oh, cool, we'll just do win percentage. It's not a big deal. And they glossed over all the other scenarios that could result in a problem with this. And they're going to have to come up with something last minute, and it's going to be all, you know, dumb because they didn't think it through. That's it's my that's my fear. Yeah, you know, hard cut off on the 27th, you know, because we're going to be playing playoff baseball on the 28th. But dang, not going to happen anyway. Yeah, so. and, I, and I don't know if that's the game plan. I don't know if they've released the playoff schedule. I guess we can look real quick. Um, they announced the expanded. That's not what I'm looking for. Postseason schedule. No, that's for 2019. Uh, September 29th through the 30th is wildcard weekend. what this looks like yeah but so it's like if you found the same thing that i did that's also assuming that that's the regular mlb playoff bracket so like there's only five teams from each division yeah, I was gonna say, so yeah, here so here there's eight so if they did add like okay like hey now we have three additional days so they could push it out because this like the world series was expected to end on the 28th so if you just add three days to start, like, okay, 29, 30, 31 are the first, because there's not 31 days in September, um, it pushes it back to Halloween and you still have it finished up. But it gives you that one day. Um, and so I, I, I think that if they set the precedent, like, hey, like, this is what's going to need to happen. Um, or really, like, I, I think that you come into a situation where, like, you know, the Cardinals have they play five games against the pirates and three games against the Royals, you know, in their last 13 games. Well, the games against the pirates likely aren't going to matter. I mean, the pirates are currently 10 and 21, um, you know, eight and a half games out of a playoff spot, um, or eight and a half games out of the division. And then like five and a half games out of a wild card spot. So it's like, I guess they could matter. But the likelihood of them, of the likelihood that those games are relevant, is pretty slim. And then the Royals are 13 and 21, and they're even further out in the AL. So it's like you, you could easily decide, okay, like we're we're not going to have Kansas City play um, St. Louis. We're going to have them play against Detroit. But again, like I don't know what Detroit's schedule looks like during that time frame because obviously they're supposed to be playing somebody. You know, of course you could get lucky and like they're playing you know, a, a team that doesn't matter. Like, they played Pittsburgh during that time frame or something. Um, let's look real quick. What kind of schedule do they have down the stretch? Yeah, so they, they also play the Royals for the last four games of the season. It's like, yeah, yeah you could... And the... Um, and the Tigers are off on the 21st. So I want to say I think the Cardinals were playing Kansas City during that time frame. Oh. I could have solved this right now. Let's see. Who were they playing on the 21st of September? So yeah, Kansas, Kansas City. Yeah, it's like you could just say, cool, we're, we're not going to have the Cardinals play two games against the Royals. We're instead going to schedule a doubleheader against Detroit on the 21st 
And so the two games that the Cardinals don't play are going to be against Kansas City. And then um, we'll have, like, and that, now the, the Tigers, because that doubleheader is going on to their day off, they're just going to be at 60 games. So it would be the Royals that won't play, that'll play 58 games. And the Cardinals will play 58 games. And you're just like, cool, like, sorry, Kansas City, you're you're out. You don't matter. So, or if like out of win percentage, we would finish like say fifth or sixth. Um, that wouldn't matter. That really just got us into the playoffs, and then we were the last team in the playoffs. You know, like so, we automatically had to play one. <clears throat> yeah. And- and that's the other thing is like not knowing how the seating will work. Like, I don't know if they're just going to say like, okay, it's one through eight, no matter what. So like you could be the second place team in your division, but have the worst record out of all the playoff teams. So you're the eight seed or is it first place in each division gets one, two, three, second place gets four, five, six. And then the two wild cards get seven and eight. Like I could see it going either way. Um, but I haven't seen them talk about, what playoff seating is going to look like, and I haven't tried to look into it at all. It's because we were talking about it before them. They've been waiting for us to talk about it yet again. So gotcha. And then now we'll, that we've mentioned it, we'll probably be able to talk about what they decided next week. Yeah, because yeah. I will say it's like I was looking at uh, the power rankings from MLB um, that come out every Monday, and mm. so for for today, um, so based on like the newest power rankings from the day the Cardinals are the lowest ranked team in the power rankings that are currently in the playoffs. Um, they're 18th in the power rankings and they're actually fourth in the NL central. Um, so the only team in the NL central that they're ranked higher in power rankings then is Pittsburgh. Who's dead last in power rankings. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that they're in, they're in second in the division, but based on power rankings, both Cincinnati and Milwaukee are in front of the Cardinals. Hey man. People are going to play or hate, you know? Yeah, I, I was like, I, I don't know how you put that together. I mean, I guess, like, the Cardinals were 12-13 and 13 when they did it. Um, yeah. They hadn't won tonight yet, but it's it's not so much based off of record, I guess. Like, it would just be what we think. Now, I will You're say, I think... we're going to lose the next seven games, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess, like, it's worth noting that like, the other teams were, like, I think like 15th and 16th. So they're like right in front of St. Louis. Like they weren't very high up. I think the Cubs were the top team in the NL central and they're ninth. And realistically, there probably isn't a whole hell of a lot of difference between, you know, call like 13th and 20th on the MLB power rankings. Like those teams are probably pretty similar floating around 500. So it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but someone has to be moved down the list for one reason or another. Um, and I guess an inconsistent offense is a, is a good enough reason to do that. Um, sure. But, well, yeah, I mean, like, they're, we're at a situation now where... <clears throat> what, so they're officially... Well, they have eight games in hand still over the Cubs, seven wins and one loss. Yeah, so eight games in hand. They'd have to go seven and one in those games to catch Chicago. Um, So I think a big portion of that is going to be this coming weekend, like the other five games against the Cubs. um, 
they're all at Wrigley, but the Cardinals are the home team in the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Um, I think that they they realistically need to probably sweep this series against Cincinnati. Um, Mac, yeah, you're you're you at at minimum you have to win the series against the Cubs. I agree. Um, so if if you do that, like let's say they win three out of five, so what they're that would put them at five and two. Um, and they they wouldn't have made up any games on Chicago in that time frame because the Cubs are also going to play. Um, so they, so let's say like they do that, maybe they pick up two games at that point. So they would need to go like five and three in the eight games they have in hand. Um, six and two to to make it like worst case scenario if you win the series against the Cubs. And I I just think that that'll be. It'll be a tough sell because, like, you figure the the six games that they're gonna they're gonna be making up, three of them are against Milwaukee, one against the Twins, one against the Tigers, one against the Pirates. So it'll it'll be it's gonna be tough. But like, I, yeah, I'd like to to start seeing us like you know not dominate teams, but like just string wins together. Like whether it's the series, uh, obviously taking two or three out of nice, but like. Can we win four or five in a row here and there? Like, yeah. Can can we score a bunch of runs and then not go dormant? Can we just score a consistent amount of runs? Um, those are the things. Like, and if we do those, obviously, I think we're going to win more games. But I, we just the, the same talking about points about the Cardinals kind of weekly right now. You know, like going to have to win at least this many games to kind of stay in it. So like. We're just barely staying afloat and like it could easily go one way or the other for us. Like if we lose five games in a row, it's going to be rough. You know, if we win five games in a row, uh, you know, we have much better outlook into the next week. So yeah, uh, I it's a tough stretch here. Yeah. I, I, I think realistically, so the, the Cardinals will play seven games between now and, you know, if we record next Monday, cause the, the game against the Cubs is a, is a day game. Um, like usual i think if they're gonna have a chance at, to reel in the cubs i think they need to go at at minimum five and two in those games so two against cincinnati and then the five games against the cubs like they need to go at minimum five and two in that stretch um i think for them to just be a, a playoff team and like continue to hold pat in second place in that um and they have seven games in hand over the Brewers, um, and they're they can go two and five, and they would stay tied with, uh, say tied with Milwaukee. They could go two and seven and stay tied with Cincinnati. So I think as long as they play 500 baseball, like four and three, three and four, and that stretch they'll still be in pretty good shape to make the playoffs. You know, for another week. Um, the big thing is going to be that they have 10 games left against the Brewers. And they all come, like, in the last two weeks of the season. Like, from the 14th to the 27th, they play the Brewers ten times. So, it's it's definitely going to be, like, it, it'll, it'll, I think it'll 100% come down to, to that, to those two series combined. Um, and then obviously the the eight games that they have thrown in between the two Brewer series against the Pirates and the Royals will help out a lot. Um, good. 
Shoot, but, shoot, shoot. but at this point, I think that you're, I, you're not even for the Cardinals. You're not even halfway through the season. So you're still realistically looking at trying to catch the Cubs. Um, and I think if you can go, you know, five and two, six and one, seven and zero, oh, and the, like over this next week, you're, you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to be making the right moves to do that. Um, obviously you need some help. You need the Cubs to lose some games as well. Um, you know, with so many of those games in hand being in the win column already for Chicago. Um, if you're going to split, like if you're going to go three and two against Chicago and not help yourself a ton, um, obviously if the Cardinals can sweep Chicago, then that'll go a long way towards, you know, just being in the right direction. You would, you would essentially almost reel them in completely in that aspect. Um, I just don't think that that's realistic. Um, for any team to just assume like, oh yeah, we're gonna sweep them five games. I can yeah. I think that's 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 gonna be rough. Um, and then, yeah. but but definitely definitely doable. So they didn't get it done for ending August. Like they went four and five, so they they missed the boat a little bit with Dude, what Cardinals we said. Cardinals baseball in September though. September Cardinals baseball is magic. So starting tomorrow, magic. That's what we're about to see. Are you sure? I feel like they're not so great. I feel like they've had really strong Augusts the last couple seasons. And, like, we're pretty meh in September. We are September Warriors. I could be wrong, for sure. Like, let's... Let's see. Because last year, so their record... They were 75 and 59 on August 31st. And they finished 91 and 71. So what is that? 16 and 12 in September. So a little above 500. 16 and 12. I'll take, take some 16 and 12. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that, or uh, what would that be, eighteen and nine at this point in time would be a little bit better, maybe with the, um, September coming to a close, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, they have, so they have thirty-four games left. I, I think that if they go, like, you know, while like nineteen and fifteen. Um, something along those lines, like you're like you're you're probably pretty safe to making the playoffs if you if you go a couple games above 500 here on out. Um, on the flip side, if you go a couple games below 500, you're probably fighting for a wild card spot because I think Milwaukee will beat you. Because if you're losing games, chances are it's to Milwaukee. Um, I guess with that said, if they only beat Milwaukee and they lose everybody else there's a strong possibility that like they still beat Milwaukee and they stay in second. Um, I don't think Cincinnati's really going to be any better than what they are right now. Uh, they're five games below 500. Um, the Cardinals do have, I think five more games left against them as well. So that could certainly play a part. Um, but yeah, I, I think just taking it a week at a time, if you're a Cardinals fan, subjectively, you, you just need them if if your if your mission is make the playoffs, 
you probably are, are content with them going four and three in these next seven games. Um, if you want them to win the division, you probably need to go five and two or better. Um, and, and that, that would be like, really it would probably be five and two, but you'd probably want to take four out of five from Chicago at that point. Like if you really want to reel in the division, I think just winning three out of five, picking up one game likely isn't going to help you a whole hell of a lot. Um, with their, you know, with it getting to a point where there's a week left, um, it's just putting a lot of pressure on your team, like have to really win all these other games. Um, so I think, because you, you will no longer have head-to-head games against Chicago. Um, that's kind of where the Yankees are right now with the Rays. They did end up losing a night, 5-3. to three. So I think that puts them to like four and a half games back. Um, but I know they have some games in hand because what they're, I think, six back in the win column. But they have three games in hand. So if they win those games, then they're three games back. And they have two more against Tampa Bay. So at this point, if they win the games they have in hand and beat Tampa Bay, the other two games they have left against them, then you're at a point where you're one game back. You know, and it's like they, they still kind of have that uh, a chance at easily making up a game. Like, that's not so bad. But if it goes the other way, if Tampa Bay wins these games, now you're at a point where, like, you're minimum, like, three games back um, or what? Minimum five games back, I guess. So, yeah, six and a half. Yeah, so you'd be five games back. Um, even if you win all the games you have in hand. So now you need a lot of help from Tampa Bay, like a lot of help from teams playing Tampa Bay. And you still have to beat, you know, the Blue Jays and the Orioles too. I feel like the Orioles always give the Yankees a run for their money and you play them eight times still. I get they haven't lost to them in like 17 games or some shit, but... Yeah, but I also feel that same way. Like, they must be close games because I really felt like we both felt like the Orioles beat them a lot. Yeah, and and like, like the I think the Blue Jays are a lot different of a team now than what they were at the beginning of the season, yeah. and the fact that you have to play them ten times still, and and at this point, it it isn't really known when the Yankees will get healthy or if they will. Um, so being down, Judge Torres, Stanton, Paxton isn't pitching. Um, yeah, like you're you're so you're missing your essentially like your two, three, four hitters. And you're missing, you know, your number two pitcher. So there's quite a quite a few pieces missing. Uh, Britain's hurt. Um, so you're missing a, an extra arm out of the bullpen. You didn't add anything at the trade deadline. Um, you have tons of guys that are struggling, like Gardner, Sanchez, batting under 200. Um, I guess these injuries have allowed Clint Frazier a chance to play, and he's absolutely killing it. Um, but... You you just you you're the Yankees are finding themselves and I guess the Cardinals as well. Cardinals it's more so like if they want to try to catch the the Cubs they really have to win. Um, same with the Yankees if they want to catch Tampa Bay. You're just getting to a point where like you have to beat all these teams. Yeah, you're and, running out of games. And before like we we had always talked about it and we were always looking at it like especially with the Yankees when we saw the schedule or at least me and I've talked about it that you're like cool like if you can just you know, compete with the Rays and stay close going into September, you're going to have the advantage. Like the Rays have four games left against the nationals, which granted they're in the bottom of the barrel in the AL East, but they still have really good pitching. Um, I know they play the Braves a couple times, which are, you know, it's a tough team. It's like they definitely have tougher opponents than what the, than what the Yankees do. 
but now the all the pressure is on New York. Whereas, like, if this were a situation where instead of being one and seven versus the Rays, you were four and four, like, and you were just playing 500 baseball against them, you're looking at that being like a three-game swing, and you're right back into that, like, hey, we're we're one and a half games behind the Rays, but we have three games in hand, so we just control our own destiny. Like, as long as we take care of business with the games we have in hand, we're tied with Tampa Bay, and we play a way easier schedule over the last month than they do, so it's cool, and let's let's go into it. But now, because you keep losing to Tampa Bay, you're only a game up on Toronto for second place, and you have to play Toronto ten times. And none of the pressure is going to be on the Blue Jays in that situation. Like, if the Blue Jays pass the Yankees and finish second in the division, that's a huge win for Toronto. If the Yankees do it, that's just expected, and everyone's still going to feel like they didn't show up because they finished behind Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's like no no, no one's ever going to applaud the Yankees for gritting out a second-place finish in the division. You know, my, my, only, like my only saving grace in all of this to keep my sanity is that Toronto is 18 and 15, but they haven't played the Yankees. It's like all 10 of their games are in September. So, like, they, they haven't played, in my opinion, the best team that's on their schedule. But the, the Yankees also aren't the Yankees right now. So, so I hope that what their first games are next Monday. Um, they play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Um, so I, I really hope that like, just people are back, but I don't, I don't think they will be. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We'll see how it ends. But I, yeah, all teams, we're kind of running out of time. Feels like the season just started, but we're now running into the last, you know, 27 days um, of baseball. We'll see if that gets extended, but time's definitely running out, and both of our teams are, you know, really waiting, keeping us right down to the wire to make sure, you know, we're going to see where we're going to finish. Are we going to finish strong? Are we not going to finish strong? We're going to get our guys back. I don't know. Yeah. So long, long 27 days. Yeah, looking at the injury updates real quick on the Yankees. Um, So... Uh, they expect Britain to be back uh, September 2nd, so he'll be back for that series. Um, and then Torres and Stanton, they expect back on the 6th and the 7th. Um, it's like the expected return timetable for them right now. So we will at least have those two back and, our, and a bullpen arm back. Um, but Judge and Paxton are both much later in the season. Uh, Judge is, is expected for the 18th, which he would be back for the the last four games against Toronto. Um, and then Paxton it isn't, it isn't expected to return until the 23rd. Um, and again, like, for all I know, like, with it being a forearm injury, like, they could just shut him down for the year. They could just say, like, hey, we're going to have you rehab, and then we'll have you come back for the postseason. Like, if we need you for the five-game series, like, we're just not going to throw you in a three-game series. We'll just hope Cole, and then we'll throw Tanaka in game two, and we'll hope we'll just win it there, and we don't need to go to a game three, so we don't need you. Um, so, like, it may not be to, like, late September, early October that Paxton returns. So I'm just going to assume we aren't going to have him for any of those games, which he's sucked lately anyway. So whatever. (laughs) Whatever. You know, I was happy that they got him, but he's, he's been a bust. Although I'm going to keep talking shit on J.A. Happ. Um, 
his last start was phenomenal, but fuck that guy. That's because Brian. That's because Brian Cashman told him like, "Yo, you ain't been good. Beginning of the year, you just continue to not be good. Like, stop complaining." Yeah, he went. He pitched. Uh Eight innings against the Mets. He did get a no decision because um, the bullpen blew the lead. But he went seven in the third innings, uh, struck out five, gave up three hits. It didn't walk anybody. No walks for the first time this year. It's amazing. Amazing. Through 90, for the next outing. Yeah, through 90 pitches. Crazy. But, yeah, I'm sure he'll go. You know, like and he and he wasn't terrible to start before that. He let up one run, five and two thirds. But so maybe maybe he's turned it around. You know, whatever. But they are giving him like more time off between starts. Um, like when he pitched back to back starts, like he pitched July 30th and then August 5th, and he got shelled in both of those. And then he didn't pitch again until August 16th, and then he didn't pitch again until August 29th. So. It could be like he just gets one more start. Yeah. You know, like somewhere like mid-September. Um, you know, maybe like the one of the games against Toronto, something along those lines. Um, but again, if we're gonna ha- if we aren't gonna have Paxton, I don't know what they're what they're gonna do. Yankees don't have a plethora of starting pitchers, so like I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. Like if they aren't gonna throw a hat, but once every 15 days isn't isn't gonna work um but yeah i guess to to not bash my team completely even though i'm very yeah. unhappy with how they're at they've played clint frazier they they heard me i got through to him um i don't know what he did tonight i know he was on base a couple of times i think he had i think he just had one he was hit. two for four uh did he have two hits tonight and i think it was two for four uh well that would have put him up five times because I thought that last at bat that I saw he was two for four on the day. Maybe. I know we got a hit late. Um, let's go look at the box real quick. Let's just get updated stats on this kid. Um, he went one, he like one for four. four. Nine. Yeah, he one for four tonight um, with two strikeouts. But again, they had him batting in the four hole. I'm not a fan of that. I like to see him batting lower in the lineup, like six or seven. Um now, granted, he's, he's there because everyone's hurt and, like, a whole bunch of people aren't performing. Um, like, Gary Sanchez has been atrocious at the plate. Uh, Talkman's been struggling a lot. Urshela's been struggling. Um, Hicks didn't play tonight. Um, or he didn't start tonight, I should say. Uh, Torres is hurt. Judge is hurt. Sands hurt. So, you kind of got to find someone. Uh, like, there's probably not really going to be a good fit for the four-hole for the Yankees for right now. Uh, Frazier had been swinging a pretty hot bat. Um, so he's batting 295 now, but when I looked at his stats prior to going into tonight's game, um, so with the injuries, he's getting every day at bat. So now he's at 13 games in those 13 games. He was batting 300 with seven extra base hits and 11 RBIs. So finally getting a chance to play. I thought that there was a strong possibility that he was going to be dealt. Um, they talk about him literally every year. I'm pretty high on him. Like, I'm glad that they didn't. I think that he could find an everyday they spot. There's so many guys field. injured right now. There's no way they could have dealt guys from the roster to other teams. Yeah, they totally could. Nah. They're coming back. Guys are coming back. It'll be all right. In like six weeks. No, Torres and Stan will be back in a week. 
Oh yeah, and then hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You know, cautiously <laughs> we'll optimistic. But Probably when not. Do think, when do you think Stanton will be back? Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. After uh, after he doesn't opt out this year, I know contract. I he'll, I he'll come back next year. And that's the that's the shitty part is that like, I part of me wants him to, because he just hasn't stayed healthy, and I and I don't know why. Like. I don't know that it's a, a Giancarlo Stanton issue or if it's a Yankee issue because the Yankees just haven't stayed healthy. But when he is healthy, so in 14 games this year, he's batting 293 with three home runs, seven RBIs. Yeah, like slugging percentage, like a 585 is is OPS, like a, is over 1,000. It's like 1.038. Like him and Judge are both up there raking and Voight is up above that as well. So it's like, if you were in a situation like that's where you're at, like a lineup that looks like, you know, LeMahieu, Judge, or LeMahieu, Voight, Judge, Stanton, Torres, like Hicks, Urshela, Frazier, and then whoever else you want to throw in and bat ninth, because it could literally be anybody, because that one through eight is absolutely disgusting. Like, I don't even know, like, what position you would need at that point. Like, really, I, I guess you need a catcher, so it would probably be Gary Sanchez. But you would, so you'd be looking at a situation probably, you'd probably have Sanchez batting, like, seventh. But you would have, like, potentially, like, Aaron Hicks batting ninth to turn your lineup over. Something along those lines. Like, that's how dumb it is. Like, that's so stupid. I still would like them to, like, go after JT Realmuto if Philadelphia doesn't extend him. Um... <laughs> Or I would have liked to see him trade for him. Um, so I, I think he definitely may, would make the Yankees better. And then they could just let Sanchez DH every day um, and convince Stan to opt out. And then they can sign two starting pitchers or three starting pitchers with the money that they aren't paying Stanton. And then, um, and then the Yankees are shooing for a World Series. I feel if that yeah, happens, no way Stanton <laughs> out of that contract. I agree. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just hates New York, dude. I doubt it, dude. Ain't no one hate that amount of money, dude. And you don't even have to live in this. Even if you didn't like the area you had to live in or something, like you own, a, especially with the money he's making, you own another house. So, yeah, you never even live in New York. Yeah, but. Especially, a lot of people might not be living in New York, but when he signed there, he was like, New York, pop in. We having fun all the time. So, so he, he ain't going what, else, what else we got? We're, we're at like an hour 37. Oh, dude. I started um, my timer on time. We're at the same time. Nice. Kind of covered the, you know, we talked Cardinals, Yankees, about the series that came up. Um, I guess, like, in the same aspect... So we we said that the Cardinals ideally need to go five and two if they're going to compete to win a division, uh, with probably going four and one against the Cubs. So if we do the same thing for the Yankees, I think that they desperately have to win tomorrow and Wednesday against the Rays. Um, you probably need to beat the Mets. Um, well, so let's say like they they need to beat the Rays. They probably need to take three out of four from Baltimore. Uh, minimum, so would that be five and one, and then I, they they likely need to beat the Blue Jays, just because of how close they are. It's like they they need to not give that momentum. So if we say they win that, 
So they're they're probably in the same boat. What they have eight games in that time frame. So I'd say they probably need to go six and two in that time frame. Um, they might be able to get away with five and three, but either way, they have to win the next two games against Tampa Bay if they want a chance to catch them in the division. Um, I think if they split or Tampa Bay wins both those games, then Tampa Bay is just gonna you know now the Yankees are playing for a second and they need to you know probably win out the rest of the games and probably take seven of ten from the Blue Jays to really feel comfortable with it. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with. Cardinals five and two, Yankees six and two. That's what we need to be talking about uh, when we record next week. Monday. Um, but yeah, so other than that, let's see what else we got on the agenda that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we kind of talked uh, playoff thoughts. Yeah, we, we got into that. Uh, but it's like what I jotted down was just like I I expected the playoff picture to kind of impact the trade deadline. Um, you know, 23 of the 30 teams are within two and a half games of a playoff spot. Um, in the NL, it's 14 out of 15. It's just the Pirates that are bad. We talked about that earlier. Um, so it was surprising to see that there were so many teams that were willing to sell in the sense that like, San Diego was able to bring in all the players that they were, and Toronto was able to make all the deals that they were. Now, granted, Toronto added um, the Toronto Blue Jays of Buffalo. They added really, like, more secondary-type pieces like a Taiwan Walker, a Ross Stripling. They didn't really go out and get those high-end ace-type guys. Um, And it's crazy to me that, like, really the big arm that got dealt came from a team that's really competing for a division and a division that's extremely competitive. And they gave up one of their better pitchers in Clevenger. Now they got a haul back from San Diego. So it, it and doesn't that trade never happen if Clevenger didn't unanimously get kicked off the team by the players. Well, and, and that's the whole thing, but he's, he's already come back to the team. Like he just pitched this last weekend and he pitched well. Yeah. But sports teams get rid of distractions, you know? Use them while you have them, but as soon as they become a distraction, as soon as you find a suitor for Because I, I want to say I think it was Saturday that he pitched. I'm trying to – or no. Um, no, it wasn't over the weekend because um, he didn't pitch against the Cardinals at all. So did he pitch. We should see the last game he pitched. Um, it was uh, Wednesday against the Twins. Uh, six innings, two runs, six strikeouts. Um, got a no decision because the uh, bullpen let the Twins tie it, but he left with the lead. Um, then the Indians scored three, and they won six to three. Um, so strong outing against a really good Twins uh, offense. Um, and Jose Barrios was pitching for Minnesota, so he outpitched a really good pitcher on that side. And like I said, like they did get a ton for him, uh, three major league level players and three of their top 11 prospects. Um, so to get six players, more than just Clevenger went over, I think it was like a nine-player deal, um, but it was six players going from San Diego to Cleveland. So they got a ton for him. Um, but that's really like the only big arm that got dealt. Like a lot of people were talking about, like, Trevor Bauer, uh, Lance Lynn was a name that was getting thrown around a lot with like just 
pitchers that are on these teams that aren't really in the running for a playoff spot, or at least they're on the outside looking in, um, that you could probably buy, like you could sell pretty high on. Like Texas is 12 and 21. Um, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like they're, you know, nine and a half games back out of the division. They're seven games out of a wild card spot. Uh, the wild card standings are a little funky because it's, you know, it's not 100% of that. They're, but there are six games behind Toronto who have the last playoff spot right now. Um, and they're, they're at the halfway point. So you just played, you know, 400 baseball through the first half of the season. If you do the same, like you would have to go what 18 and nine to finish the year 500. And even that may not catch Toronto. (laughs) So you're, you're probably not looking at going to the playoffs, um, but you have, you have a guy, I think, and I want to say, I think Lynn's a free agent. I think he only signed a one year deal. Um, Let's see. Uh, never mind. He's under contract next year too, um, but he's also you know. It's so it's like, like yeah, three year. Yeah. Yeah, three year at for 2019. So this is the second year, um, and he's due eight million next year. Um, so you're going to be paying him a decent amount. It'll be 34, and he's having a, a pretty a pretty good start. I think. Like I haven't looked at his numbers probably a, a week or yeah. two. I know I had him on the radar as like a piece that I'd like to see the Yankees go after. But yeah, in eight starts, he's four and one with a 1.93 ERA, 51 innings pitched. Yeah. Like, killing um, it. Yeah, I'll take that. And you got uh, another year of control of that? Like, yeah. You would have definitely got a bunch of players for that. Yeah. Like that, it's like that, that's easily the type of piece that I could have seen the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals, the, and the Cardinals, yes, could have probably traded for Lancelin as well. Uh, but I don't think they're as hard up for starting pitching right now um, where they need to bring in a, uh, like another guy that's like a high-end rotation pitcher. Um, but Lynn did well with New York when he was there before, and that 100% is a piece like it would make sense to me to move Frazier for. Like, here you go, Clint Frazier, and maybe like a, a young arm to go with it and bring in Lynn. And you have him under control next year, so if you don't want to bring Paxton back or Tanaka back or they get big deals elsewhere that you don't want to bring in, like now you have Cole, you have Lynn, you, know, you have Montgomery, hopefully you'll have Severino back, maybe Domingo Herman. Um, so you're at a point where like, you have five viable starters um, and really Lynn's looking at being like your number two potentially, uh, number two, number three. Um, so I, it just would have made a lot of sense to look at going after a move like that, and they didn't do anything. Like just nothing. It's like I don't yeah. like I I don't get why Texas didn't deal him. Um, I don't know what they were asking for him, but and I guess like they could think that like they have a chance next year too to like this isn't like they just aren't worried about playing in this shortened year, like knowing that it's going to be rough, you know, whatever. Um, I know Joey Gallo really isn't performing. Um, that was another big name that like had gotten thrown around that they could potentially deal. Um, but I think that it would be like sell low on that. Um, yeah, uh, the, just... the Rangers are one of those, you know, baseball is not net profitable teams. But <laughs> uh, yeah, mad the Cardinals didn't make any moves, but also not really mad the Cardinals didn't make any moves because 
Like, I don't think you bring in, like, just one guy somewhere. It's, like, probably not pitching, and it is hitting. And we already had, unless you're, like, looking to overhaul the current roster because the sporadicness of everyone hitting, even, like, we brought um, Goldsmith in to try to secure the lineup and hitting, and he's doing good. Um but yet the players around him aren't. So I don't know if it's just that one guy. So I would hate to see and, um, and it's the not... name leave the Cardinals to bring in one guy that maybe could have won us games this year, maybe. And that's um, the whole, that's the thing. It's so... like, I, I know we, we talked about it earlier when we were, we were chatting just via text. Um, and it, some of it could have been lost in translation as well. Cause since we were, we were going back and forth quite a bit about Brad Miller being in the number four spot. And I'm a firm believer that like, when you needed him to be there, when everyone was out with COVID, he was your hottest bat. He was hitting the ball, so throw him there. He isn't hitting any longer, but you also have your guys back that were supposed to be in the middle of your lineup. And I think when you were looking at your opening day roster, if everyone stayed healthy all year, Paul DeYoung was going to be your number four hitter behind Goldschmidt. Like, that was going to be the aspect. And I think that finding Brad Miller at bats does a lot to extend your lineup but he doesn't hit for power in that role. But what he does do is he works counts a lot and he walks a ton. Like I think he's walked like five or six times in like the last four games. Um, I know the other night he walked like three times. Um, So he gets on base and he takes really good at bats. So by no means am I saying like, Oh, sit him. Um, I know he's struggling lately. I think he's batting like 200 over the last seven games or something like that. Um, but he's still, you know, right under 300 on the year. And that's really what you, you would expect. I mean, I, I know I was giving you a hard time because he was batting like 400, you know, two weeks ago. But realistically, Brad Miller is not a 400 hitter. He's going to be, you know, 275 to 300 type guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's what you're getting from him. Um, you know, he got hot for a little bit. He cooled off. Now he'll probably even out and kind of be back at that, like, one for three on a regular basis, maybe an 0 for 4 and 0 for 5, and then two hits the next night, something along those lines. Like, that's what you'll get from him, but he doesn't hit for power. Um, and so you're – when you have a guy like Goldschmidt who also isn't hitting for power, but Goldschmidt's going to get on base a lot, like, you you will increase – you will increase the pitch selection that Goldschmidt gets to see because you don't want Goldschmidt to be on base for the guy behind him because that guy hits for power. So if you walk Goldschmidt, now you're putting a guy on base for like that two run home run versus a solo shot. When that guy behind him is Brad Miller and you're like, okay, well maybe, maybe he's going to hit a single and now it's first and second. And if I get a ground ball from uh, Molina or something like that later in the inning, it's an easy double play. So like, I'm, I'm not really scared of Goldschmidt anymore. Like I'm not worried about putting Goldschmidt on base. So it changes the complexion that your lineup has. So I, I personally think like Miller being at the top of the lineup in that one or two, a, he sees a ton of pitches. He works a ton of counts. He, hits with a decent enough average, but he draws walks. So like that, that patience, like allowing people to see pitches to start off a game, I think is a big deal. I think Edmund does a really good job of that as well. Um, I don't know if I, like, I guess you could conceivably put either one of them one, two. I like Wong at the top of the lineup, but he isn't really hitting right now. I think he's batting like a smidge over 200. Um, but I think I putting also like Wong at the nine though. I like Wong, right. Wong turning it over. Right. Like what, like, like Wong or Edmund would be who I would move down. And I, I think that putting them in the eight hole in front of Dylan Carlson will do so much for Carlson 
Because if they get on base, and that's why I think Edmund would be the move right now because Carlson is also struggling. So if you can get, if you have Miller batting leadoff and he's getting on base, well, now you have Wong seeing pitches with a guy on base and you don't want to walk Wong because now you're putting two guys on base for Goldschmidt and DeYoung. So you're, you're asking for a big inning because getting Goldschmidt out is tough enough and now guys are on base. If you put Goldschmidt on like a base hit likely scores Miller from second like it just it it adds threat so you're gonna get Wong to see more pitches if Miller's on base in front of him and then you so you would have Miller Wong Goldschmidt DeYoung um, then you you kind of get into a coin toss with whatever order you want to go in um, Molina Carpenter Fowler is what it looks like right now so you can kind of stack those guys however you want um, I think in that order makes the most sense because you get righty lefty switch hitter, um, so it 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 breaks that up. Um, I guess you could conceivably move Fowler behind DeYoung, um, so you get a if it's a right-handed pitcher, you get righty lefty, righty lefty with them Molina and Carpenter. But I think if you get Edmund and then Carlson to round out the um, the lineup, then Edmund does the same thing for Carlson that Miller is doing for Wong with the exception of Edmund can run, whereas Miller's probably not going to steal you a ton of bases, but Edmund can run. So you can't throw off speed to Carlson now. So Carlson can just look fastball, try to drive the ball the other way and just get his timing down because he's shown notions that he can hit. He's just struggling to hit at the major league level right now, but he's also only 21. So let him, start to feed on one type of pitch and then when he gets his confidence up then he can start to look off speed when people have to stop throwing him fastballs but right now like carlson always bats with like no one on base in front of him or he's up with the bases loaded so it's like right it's like we they aren't worried about anyone running like he's getting a heavy dose of breaking balls off speed pitches and fastballs it's like he's getting pitched by major league pitchers as a major league hitter. And I don't know that he's there yet in terms of comfort. I think talent wise, he's definitely there. Like there's a reason why he's a top prospect, but comfort wise, I think there's just too much going on under normal circumstances. He would have had all of this time in Memphis to figure like to get his timing down. And I think if you see him come up in June after playing every day at AAA and having confidence at a high, when he comes up to the majors, you see it completely different Dylan Carlson than what we've gotten so far and he can't go to Memphis to figure it out like he's just going to get to see teammates like the, yeah. he's just going to face teammates down there it isn't competitive he's got to figure this out at the major level so you essentially you have to do, you have to protect him in the lineup and the easiest way to do that is to put a guy on base that if you bounce a curveball he's going to take a bag on you so it needs to be Bader or Wong or Edmund but Bader and, and Wong both aren't really hitting so they're not getting on base Edmonds batting average isn't where it needs to be, but his on base percentage is a little bit better than the other guys. And I think that Edmonds just a, like is a, a better pure hitter um, with the time frame we've seen him up than Bader or Wong. So I think that that's where you protect him. And I think Edmund gives you better flexibility defensively. Um, so what that would put you at, I guess. So I'm trying to make sure we have enough spots for everyone that we said to play. <laughs> so if we have Wong at second, so Miller would be a question mark because he has flexibility. I think he's been DHing, um, but he also could play third. But so if you have Wong at second, you'd have Goldschmidt at first. Um, 
So that'd be two, three. DeYoung in the four hole playing shortstop. Molina catching, batting fifth. Um, Fowler would be in one of the outfield spots. You have Carpenter. And then you have Edmund and Carlson. So you would, I guess, put Carlson and center, Edmund and left, and then Miller or Carpenter would be third base, and the other one would be your DH. Would probably be how you'd have to do it. Um, I don't think Miller plays a whole hell of a lot of outfield, but I guess he, I guess there's always the possibility. I mean, there's been worse defenders that have moved to the outfield, but that That's that right. would really be where your flexibility is. Um, and then you would still have like Edmund can move to second or, you know, Miller can play second or shortstop or Carpenter can play third or Carpenter can play second. And you can get like Lane Thomas to start out in the outfield and, you know, get these guys sit. You can bring in Bader late innings for center field and like shift Edmund or, you know, bring him in for Carlson or something along those lines. Like, like the, it, it gives you tons of flexibility with what you can do. Um, so that that's what I would like to see the Cardinals go towards. Um, but if they're going to, if they keep scoring seven runs, then, you know, whatever, don't, don't fix what isn't broken. Um, but their inconsistent offense has been their downfall. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to fix. Hey, we're uh, searching um, for it. We'll get yeah. it. Um, but yeah. So I guess we're, we're, we're nearing our two hour mark. Um, Still no news on the bubbling for the playoffs. Um, they've thrown out some cities, but nothing's been finalized. So figure there's no point to really go into that too much yet. Um, I know it's looking at two uh, Houston and Arlington and, and Texas, San Diego and L.A. out in California. The NL would be in Texas. The AL would be in California. Um, probably be four teams at, at each city, and I believe it would be the major league ballparks that they're playing at. Um, but it's all speculation. Nothing's been finalized. Um, the only other thing that I had on here is the Jack Flaherty. Uh, I, I call it a prank. I don't know what the, the best thing for it would be. But yeah, with, if, it, if it involves Adam Wainwright, it was probably a prank. Yeah, maybe. with Adam Wainwright. So, obviously, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday, Wainwright, through the complete game. It was his birthday, you know, whatever. Um, and they were uh, flying out from St. Louis to... Cincinnati, right? So we weren't. It wasn't in Cleveland, right? That series was at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they were they were leaving St. Louis, going out to Cincinnati. Um, so Wainwright uh, tweeted out uh, yesterday. Um, so this is what he said: "Was what a surprise to see at Jack Nine Flaherty waiting on me at the airport like this." Um, and so Flaherty's holding up a sign that just says "Mr. Adam Wainwright," and it's like handwritten on a piece of like just like white paper. Um, wearing a mask, has the face shield on, and everything like that. So then he was wheelchaired all the way to the plane by Flaherty. So Flaherty pushed Wainwright from when they got dropped off in a wheelchair to board the plane. Um, and that's that, respecting your elder. Right yeah, and that's, and that's what Wainwright said. He's like, he respects his elders so much. Good yeah. one, young fella. Um, so yeah, so it's just cool. Like, uh, I thought, it, A, I think it's pretty funny. Um, B, it's something that Adam Wainwright would certainly do to other people. Um, so I like that there's, like, someone, especially a young player. Like, I know we've talked about it. I think we've talked about it um, on the podcast, but I know we've talked about it in general. Like, 
Flaherty just has more of a voice than a lot of other Cardinals ever have. Like he's in that like kind of new age mentality, a lot like a Trevor Bauer stuff like that. Like will just be outspoken. You know, he's active on social media. I know we tweeted out a picture of uh, some black Panther cleats, um, you know, when Chadwick Boseman passed away, um, which I think it's crazy that that happened on the day that MLB celebrated Jackie Robinson day. And he played Jackie Robinson in 42 um, and it's just by like by happenstance, like normally it's April 15th that they celebrate it. Obviously, baseball wasn't going on, so they just picked another random time frame. Um, I don't know if there was significance behind why it was this past weekend, um, but I also know they celebrated all weekend because like Wainwright was still rocking the 42 when he pitched on Sunday. So it yep. wasn't really just like one day of celebration for Jackie, um, but just one of those weird like you you know, sports does it again where, like, you couldn't write a story that's this sentimental, but the guy that, you know, portrayed Jackie Robinson passes away on the same day that MLB is honoring Jackie Robinson. I wonder um, if they would have only worn it one day, but then Chadwick Boseman died Saturday, and so they decided to just rock it the next day as well. Well, he, he passed away on Friday, like, on the 28th, like, when they actually celebrated it. Oh, Oh yeah, then I okay. Then I didn't see Friday's games. I saw both Saturdays and Sunday's games. Yeah, so like, so like I'm pretty sure it was it was all weekend. Um, and that's because that's what I was trying to see is like when they saw because I knew that Wainwright had wore on wore the 42 on Sunday, and so that's what they said it was like initially 8:28. I don't know if it was you know because of everything that happened with Bozeman or if it was you know just everything else going on and it's just like, you know paying respect to you know breaking the color barrier and everything like that with all of the the racial injustice that's going on in our country right now like it could just be another means for that um which whatever the reason like i'm i'm for it like that's neither here nor there um but it's just crazy like that 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 all of that came together it doesn't make it any easier or any better or anything like that it just is insane that that's how it happened to play out um and obviously like if you haven't seen 42, you should certainly watch it. It's a great movie, and he did a, a great job. Um, but the point being that, like, Flaherty tweeted out, like, some badass, like, Black Panther cleats that he rocked. Like, um, I think he, he might – like, I don't know if he wore them during the game or if he just had them um, or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I'm not I'm not certain. Um, or if they aren't even his cleats that I don't really know. But they're pretty badass looking. Um but again, so if you're on the social medias, follow Jack Flaherty. It's uh, it's entertaining. Uh, but to see him kind of be, uh, to step up into that role, like I think kind of finding his own voice in the team. Um, I made a comment to my brother the other day because like he was talking to me about the the post game interview. I didn't I didn't watch it with Wainwright, but he was watching. He was talking to me about it, and apparently he got pretty choked up and was relatively emotional about it all. Um, and I think like just the voice that Wainwright has in the locker room is going to be a huge piece that the team would be missing if say like this is his last year as a Cardinal. Um, and I, I think Molina is a good job of being that leader on the field, but I don't think Molina holds the same presence with like in the locker room with the media as like the face of the franchise. And I think Flaherty's been doing a very good job of stepping up into that role and kind of taking over from Wainwright in the same way that Wayno took over from Carp. So. Did I, did I lose you? Are you still there? 
Christopher. Oh, here, here. Right. So I, I don't know if I lost. If yeah. I lost, I, I said some stuff and then I got quiet and then you didn't say anything and I was like, I, did I put him to sleep? I don't know what happened. No, no I had a. Uh... Kelly had asked me a question, so I put myself on mute real quick, and then I just I had said a couple things a minute ago, and apparently I was on mute the whole time. So you know, we just stand we're moving on. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, I'm gonna cool. hire the board operator in my house. Not a big yeah. deal. We'll have a new board operator next time. All right, I'm uh, muting. I'm muting. Um, yeah, and, and I know, like, I would imagine that it was probably just in agreement. We've talked quite a bit about you know what Wainwright means to the team, stuff like that. Um, outside of recording even before we decided to start recording this little podcast. Um, but yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting um, to see what, what happens with the team when that presence isn't there anymore. Um, because I would imagine he wouldn't go straight from like pitching to like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be the pitching coach now for the Cardinals. Not that I don't think he couldn't, but I would imagine he'd want to take some time, be with the family stuff like that, maybe kind of unwind from his career, uh, give it that couple seasons where, like, he gets to come up for his um, Hall of Fame ballot and all that good stuff, um, and then look at getting back into the game as a manager, or, you know, in coaching, I mean. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. other other than that, I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Cool, cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, another successful episode in the books. Yeah. Next, we got a holiday episode next weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I will be around. So I'm fine with it. Um, I'm assuming you haven't said anything to me that you're going to be anywhere. I know you're on vacation this week. I am on vacation next week. Um, so I don't know if you'll have any downside um, with going back to work on Tuesday for the first time in a week, um, but I would imagine we'll we'll record something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be fine. I got some fantasy football drafts on Sun Monday, but they're earlier in the day. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, yeah. So here's to uh, Yankees and Cardinals having some big weeks. Uh, winning a couple games, beating some teams that they're trying to catch in the division. And uh, hopefully we'll get to tell you all about it next Monday on the Interleague. Yeah, we're going to go out and win games next week. I'm feeling it. New week. New week, new cards. September. <laughs> Magic, baby. Magic. Yeah, I hope I hope so. If not, we got the simulation season going on. True. Uh, we're, can't, we're killing it there. Uh, if, if September goes poorly in one, we'll just talk about the other one. Yep. Um, so yeah, cool. it'll be a seamless transition. You won't even know. You'll be like, oh, the <laughs> were really good this year. Well, like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they played 162 <laughs> games this season. Um, uh, but yeah, so cool. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, until next week, stay cool. Have a good night.